0: morning welcome to christ the cornerstone if you're here in the room with us would you stand
1: i was buried beneath my shame who could carry that kind of weight
2: it was my tomb
1: Till I met you I was free free.
0: Our story, amen? Your story? My story?
1: Come on. I needed rescue. My thing was heavy. but chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me
3: amen hallelujah brothers and sisters do you feel like it's a glorious day today every day with jesus is a glorious day amen hallelujah thank you let's give him a hand clap he's worthy of that like we really mean it amen thank you jesus (laughs) i don't know about you but i'm so glad he called me out of the graveyard of my life i didn't walk i ran and then fell at his feet, fell at the altar, and said, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Am I the only one? I'm not. Okay. I hear Sister Gwen said, no. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for this glorious, glorious day that you've blessed us with. Today we're going to turn into our Old Testament, First Chronicles, chapter 29, verses 10 to 13. Very beautiful words given to us here about the glorious kingdom of God. It says, Therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed art thou, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and forever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. He's so wonderful. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord. And thou art exalted as head above all. Yes, Lord. Both riches and honor come from thee. You, You need money. You need prosperity. You need to talk to God. The Bible says it comes from the Lord. Both riches and honor come from thee. And thou rulest over all. In thy hand are power and might. And in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank thee, our God, and praise thy glorious name. Let's give our glorious Lord one more hand clap of appreciation and love. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you want to say hallelujah, it's all right. Give him the highest praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you today, keep our minds from being distracted, Father. We are so overwhelmed with the minutia of negativity on the news and in the world today, and Satan hopes to overpower us with that. Oh, but thank God for the sweet hour of prayer that is always there available. Available to us. If we just take the time to stop. Bend our knees. And come to the Lord. He said come unto him. Boldly. Before his throne of grace. Where we can obtain mercy and find grace. To help us in our time of need. Dear Heavenly Father. Abba. Father. Our precious celestial daddy. We love you. We thank you. We exalt thee, Jesus, for all that you have done for us in our lives. We praise you for all that you will do for us in the future. We worship you for being God all by yourself. We bow humbly before you and at the name of Jesus. We just want to thank you, Lord, for watching over us, for for keeping us safe throughout this week, from dangers seen and unseen alike. Lord, we thank you, dear God, that you lead us and orchestrate our lives according to your word, your will, and your good pleasure. You have not left us hopeless. You are the God of hope who brings us peace and joy in believing, is what Paul said. And we thank you, Lord, for that hope that a better day is coming. And we know, dear Father, that it's all about you. We ask, dear God, that you will fill this church as well as our hearts with your precious, precious Holy Spirit. Let us just sense you. Let us say, I've tasted It is so good. You are a sweet aroma in our nostrils, dear God. We thank you that we no longer walk in ways of iniquity. Let no iniquity have dominion in our heart, David said. Renew in us, dear God, our right spirit creating us a clean heart as king david said we ask you to do that daily lord bless all those who are watching today those who are here those who are at home bless especially our elderly citizens who need you so much dear god as well as our children this is a very very tough world right now lord they need your direction and your safety kids are getting shot up every day in america Lord, we ask that you put a stop to it. Put a stop to it, Lord. Only you can do that. Father, we need you. We are a needy people who have humbled ourselves and come before you right now. And Lord, we ask right now that you will hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our broken land. Lord, we want to give you all the honor and all the glory as you fill this building to overflowing with your presence. Open our hearts that we may hear the word of God like we've never heard it before. And then to live it, to walk out with it and share it with the world. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. And you may be seated, brothers and sisters. God bless you.
4: Hey, everyone. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and let you know about some of those. Our men's dinner group is planning another boat trip on Wednesday, September 7th at 6 p.m. The trip will depart from the Delaware City Marina and travel up to Newcastle, over to New Jersey and back. Cost for the trip is just $10 per person. No food will be provided on this trip. To learn more, contact Kevin Sturgis at 302-824-5625 or email kdsturgis at With the fall approaching, our worship ministry is preparing for this year's Christmas show. There will be an informational meeting on Sunday, August 28th after the 11 a.m. service to talk about this year's show. All ages from both campuses are invited to come and be a part of the cast. If you're interested in being on our crew, there will be info for that as well. If you would like to audition, there will be time after the meeting on the 28th and then another chance to audition on Wednesday, August 31st. No need to sign up, just come and find out all about it. Over the last several years, our church has been one of a very few organizations in our state provide diapers and baby wipes to those in need. We need supplies and are once again reaching out to you to help fulfill this need. Currently we need diaper sizes 4 and 5 for both boys and girls as well as baby wipes. We appreciate your help in continuing this ministry to our community. For more information contact Carol and Frederick at 302-836-2862 or C. Frederick at ctcde.church. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week.
2: So happy to see you here. And you are warmly, warmly, warmly welcome in God's house. Whether you're in this room or whether you're online or whether you're at the beach, wherever you are, welcome into the very presence of the Lord. If this is your first time here and you're in this room, as you leave the celebration room, look to your left. There's a welcome center. Stop in. We'll give you a small gift, tell you how happy we are to meet you, and um, just talk with you for just a second. If you're new here and you are online, please click the New Here tab, enter the information requested, and a member of Pastor Vaughn's Family Care Ministry will get back to you during the week. Um, In the room, you'll see at your table or at your seat an envelope. And in the envelope, you'll see a card that says welcome on the top. And on the back of that card, it's information that we call connect. The importance about connecting is that we get a chance to um, pray for you, to know who's here. Pastor Roger sends out a weekly text and a member of the staff sends out an email. Very easy to read, very encouraging, very inspirational, and I know That if you give us the information, you'll be blessed by what you receive. If you um, are online, click the Connect tab and fill out the information, please. Also, as you're leaving the celebration room, you can drop the Connect card in the basket in the rear of the sanctuary or as you exit the doors. Also, there's a message notes card inside the envelope, and that gives you an opportunity to write down some nuggets from this sermon. So we hope that you take advantage of these things and God bless you and we're so glad you're here.
5: You're doing a great job, Fran. Thank you so much. I'm going to take a couple of these things. Thanks for bringing them all. Uh, if you're here in the room or even if you're online, in, in two weeks we're having our our, our community, two weeks, three weeks, I don't know what, September 11th, Community Day. It's going to be outside. We're going to. It's time to invite people to come and build relationships with our neighbors and just have a good time. We need people to volunteer, help set up, help uh, do things. So uh, use this card, scan that QR code at the bottom of it. It'll take you right to the place where you can sign up for a specific task that we need you to do. So we hope that you'll do that there. Also, we're, we're in a season of fasting now, and uh, I I happened to remember to fast on, on this Friday. And and I'm so sad that it's taken me three weeks to get that in, in my habit. But uh, but I sent out, I, sent out, I did get there, and I sent out a, a reminder. To, if you're willing to fast with us on Thursdays, this card tells you all about it. Uh, uh, and you can scan that code there again and, and sign up there, or you can fill out this little card that's on the chair or on the table. And if you're online, we'd love for you to fast. Just, just mention in a text or a message that you'd like to join our fast, and we will include you in that. We're just praying for God to, to do greater things among us and to lead us in this process. Uh, We also want to practice generosity here. Uh, We want to do that in a number of ways, whether it's through our time, uh, the things that we have, and we have some principles that we like to follow and encourage one another to do. So let's look at principle number four today. I ask you to read this with me. We give to God all that he asks of us and not just a portion of it. And here's a scripture verse. Let's read this together. Honor the Lord with your wealth. And with the best part of everything you produce, then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Of course, we have to kind of translate those things to these wor- the, our, our world today. Not many of us have uh, grain silos that we store and not many of us have vats of wine, but a few of us may. But um, we have other things, other things that, that we need. Let's be generous as we give to God. And, we, and uh, we're talking about encouragement today. And we particularly, this world needs the followers of Jesus to be generous with our encouragement to others. Anyway, let's continue worshiping God. If you're here in the room, I invite you to stand uh, with me as we continue to pray and sing together. And if you're online, let's join our hearts together as I offer this prayer as we worship. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. Scripture says, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for this day, God. We lift up our voices to sing praise to you. We lift up our voices to cry out to you because we need you in our own hearts and in this world. So come, Lord, be present with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Amen. The name of Jesus is the most powerful thing that we have in our lives. Amen. And just speaking His name over our lives, over our families, our jobs, every situation in our life, brings power, brings healing, brings life into those things that we deal with. We want you to learn this new song with us. I speak Jesus.
1: I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart.
0: We know the power that is in that name. Lord, not power that comes from us. Not power that comes from anywhere, anything that we can produce. But power that is in the name of Jesus. The Word says about the name of Jesus that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Lord, today, over every situation in our lives, good stuff, the hard stuff, the bad stuff. I'm in the middle of reading again a, a Bible plan on the Version Bible app. If you don't have the Version Bible app and you're not reading, reading plans, I encourage you to do that. It's a great resource. I'm reading a plan called Anxious for Nothing. It is based on the scripture in the New Testament where Paul says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition, let your requests be made known in the peace of God which goes beyond all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Speaking the name of Jesus helps us. In another place in the New Testament, Paul talks about casting down imagination and taking every thought captive. And I've shared with you a number of times in here how I am—I go to the worst case. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's happening. It doesn't matter what the outcome may be. I go to the worst case. And that's an imagination that I have to help, that I have to have... The Holy Spirit helped me cast down. And so when you speak the name of Jesus, can we just say his name together, Jesus? Whatever it is in your life that you need him to come and intervene in, the old gospel song said he's as close as the mention of his name. So when we speak the name of Jesus, we speak power. His name is power. His name is healing. His name is life. So today, Holy Spirit, we pray you would break strongholds in people in this room, in our hearts, and in our lives, and people watching us online. Maybe you're watching this online and it's not the same day it's recorded. It's months from now or weeks from now. The Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would move. And whoever's watching this or listening to it right now, speak the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for all of your goodness in our lives. We thank you that we can look back and we can see all of the times when, and Lord, we forget. So God, today, help us to remember. Help us to remember your goodness. The psalmist said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. And we worship you today.
1: Oh, your mercy never fails. Thank you. your goodness Lord we sing of your mercy in our lives
0: we thank you Lord we thank you for your goodness Lord we stand in this place today wherever we are knowing that we didn't deserve we didn't do anything to deserve your goodness something you give us for free because you love us. So, Lord, as we think about how good you've been and we think about the power in the name of Jesus to speak over our lives, moving forward in our lives. Lord, we know that there are tough times and we know that there are disappointments and we know that there are detours in our lives. But you have promised to go with us through all of those things. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Can you just right where you're standing or right where you are at home or wherever you're watching this, just think of one thing that you can thank God for. And just say it out loud. Whatever it is. There's power in our words. And there's power in acknowledging what God has done for us. There's power in remembering what God has done for us. Because like I said earlier, we we forget. Don't we? I do. We come up on another Red Sea moment and we forgot that the last time we were here, he parted the Red Sea. We come up on another Jordan River moment and we forgot that the last time we put our feet in the water, he opened the water so that we could cross. We forget. So, Lord, we speak your name. And we thank you for your goodness. And, Lord, we just ask you that as we continue in this worship service that God, as Pastor Roger comes in a minute to bring the message and as April and her team minister to our children today. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be in control in this building. Lord, we pray that as, uh, as our teachers pour into the children, that, that, Father, that they would hear you call their name, and that you would raise them up to be mighty men and women of God. Anoint Pastor Roger today. Open our hearts and our ears that we might hear. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated.
5: I, I uh, meant to mention one more thing. Uh, many of you might be members of Christ the Cornerstone Church, and you have been members for a long time. I want to invite those of you who are not members of the church to to become uh, what I, what I'm calling a ministry partner. I like the word partner better than member because partner implies, I think, more clearly. That we're in this working relationship together, we have we have things to do together. Membership kind of says, "Well, give me the privileges that that, that I'm due, because I pay my membership dues." That's not that, that's not what the body of Christ is about. The body of Christ is about coming together. And at four o'clock this afternoon, we're having a part, a, a ministry partners uh, orientation meeting. So if you want to learn about uh, what what it means to be a committed partner or member of, of our church, I invite you to join us at 4 o'clock this afternoon. We'll meet right out in the mall. And, and if you're online and you want to make this commitment to us, send me a send me a message and we'll talk about how, how we might be able to do that, even if you might be a part of Christ the Cornerstone online, uh, but you, you don't come here on campus because it's too far away. But we're very glad for all of you to be with us. So just another one more announcement one more way we can serve god together as we continue our series save saved people serve people i probably talked about my aunt in the past my mother's sister her name was audrey she was born with down syndrome and i don't we don't when i was little we used to make fun of her because she talked different she looked different and we didn't know any better and we, we, we children, her nieces and nephews needed to learn how to, how, how, what Down syndrome was and whatever. And we did. We learned uh, what a blessing Audrey was. So I'm not making fun of Audrey today, but I am describing some of the things that she brought to our family. And one of those things were nicknames. Everybody has nicknames. Let's just think about a nickname that you might have had and why. You received that nickname, but I have. I'm the youngest of four. My oldest sister, Joan, Audrey could very easily pronounce the name Joan. Joan, it's pretty easy. My oldest brother, his name was Paul. Audrey could very easily say Paul. My next, my my sister Elaine, and my name. All, both of ours were difficult for Audrey to say. I don't know if it was the if it was the L and the R or if it was the fact that they were two syllables. But she my aunt would try to call my sister by her name Elaine, but it came out Laney. I don't know if she was partly dyslexic or not, but that's the way she tried to say. She tried to call my sister Laney. But she had a hard time saying W. I mean saying L's also. It came out like a W. So, my sister Elaine got called Weenie by my Aunt Audrey. And that stuck. And even to this day, my sister, who's, what, five years older than I am, on her birthday, it's not unusual for me to send her a text, Happy Birthday, Weenie. Because that's what we call her. People get given nicknames. I have several nicknames. My Aunt Audrey, when I was younger she had a hard time saying Roger. So she shortened it. A nickname or a shortened name of Roger is often Raj. So she tried to say Raj. But when I was youngest and when she was younger, it came out WAP. So when she wanted to call me, hey WAP, that's what she called me. My name was WAP. And so now and then, my brothers and sisters called me WAP. But as Audrey grew up, she got a little bit more skilled in her speech and she was able to 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 pronounce the R better, but she never got the J sound on the end of it. It just came out Rots, R O T S, Rots. So then I got the nickname Rots. You can call me Wop. You can call me Roger. You can call me Rots. You can call me Doctor Wop. You can call me Doctor. You can call me Pastor Wop. <laughs> but then one day, a bunch of us went to the county fair, and in New York there are all kinds of all kinds of counties, Delaware, we've only got three counties, so they don't all have a county fair, but there's a state fair, but in New York, every county has a county fair. And one year, me and my friends and my cousins went, all went to the fair, and we decided that there was this booth that was selling t-shirts, so we decided we'd all get a t-shirt. And I got a t-shirt with this great big mm, tra- monster tractor on it, some kind of a tractor pull, because I grew up on a farm, so that's what you do. You know, you get a shirt with a tractor on it. And on the back of our shirts, we each had our names printed. But we thought we'd be funny, and instead of printing our names regular, we asked the guy to print our names backwards. So on the back of my shirt, it said, R-E-G-O-R. And so I got the nickname, Rigor. I did that to myself. Now, why in the world would anybody do that to yourself? I don't know. And then why in the world would anybody wear that T-shirt all through high school? I have no idea, but I got called Rigor. I never did like that one that much, but anyway, I did it to myself. We all get nicknames, and nicknames, even in the Bible, nicknames were important, perhaps even more important then than they are today. And we're going to look at somebody whose nickname is more meaningful than his actual name. Nicknames are common. So as we're reading about one of them today, we're continuing our series, Saved, People serve people, and our series teaches us that God not only saves us from sin, He not only saves us from death, He not only saves us from hell, He never, he, he not only saves us from helplessness or hopelessness or guilt or an eternal separation from God, He not only does He save us from things, He saves us for something. And that's really what we need to be focused on. If I was pulled out of a lake, a uh, uh, water and I and I I was in a water skiing accident once and the the ski came up and hit me right in the mouth and it knocked my my front tooth out and it wasn't even Christmas time knocked my front tooth out it went the ski went through my lip. So there, so, so there was a hole all the way through my lip. When the boat swung around to pick me up out of the water, there was blood draining down my chin. And there were, the boat was filled with teenagers because I was, what, 24 years old and the youth director of the church. And everybody, they, they swung around with the boat and everybody's laughing at me because I crashed on my skis. And then they look at my face and there's blood all over it. And, the, and I said, I lost the tooth. And it was a lot of fun. Now I forgot why I was telling that story. I get carried away with a story. Oh my gosh. Nickname. Well, there probably should have been a nickname for that one. Oh yeah. Saved for something. I wasn't just saved from that lake. I was saved from that lake in order to do something. And once I got out of the lake, I stopped thinking so much about the lake. And I started thinking about what am I going to do now? What is going to happen now? So when God saves us, we need to remember that God, we, our past is the past. God has forgiven our past. But what is God going to do with you now? What are you saved for? That's what this series is about. You're saved to serve others. We all have a purpose. And God chooses to use our abilities, our skills, our talents, our passions, in order to serve others so that we can fulfill the purpose that God has for all of us. And ultimately, that purpose is, as we call it, so that all people can experience the life-changing love of Jesus. Whatever you do, it has the ultimate purpose of the entire world because that's God's goal. God wants every person to be with him forever in heaven. And he's we're saved to serve people. Jesus calls us to serve him and other people and it's not it's not just volunteering. It's it's a calling. It's it's a purpose. It has it has deeper meaning than just being a volunteer. And we've been looking at some of the differences b- between Just volunteering and and following a calling on your life. And there's a little chart that we're developing as we go through this. And what's the difference? What's the difference between volunteering and being called to serve? Last week we looked at community volunteers see see it as community service. Whereas when you uh, are responding to a calling, you see it as ministry that has an eternal impact. It is an honor and a privilege to serve our Lord Jesus. We also learned that, that volunteers can quite easily complain about the cost. This takes too much money. This takes too much time. This is too difficult. Whatever, whatever the cost might be. But when we're, when, when we're following a calling that God gives to us, we understand the commitment and we willingly sacrifice in order to accomplish that for which we have been called. And here's something new to the list, to add to the list. Volunteers often shy away from relational conflict when it happens in their volunteerism. But when we're called to serve, we make a commitment and we seek to resolve the conflict for the unity of the body. That is an important thing for us to do, especially in the church. You know, we've all experienced times when, when we have had to volunteer something. And, and our children today don't get through school without having, without being required to volunteer place. and many of them say, "Well, I guess I got to put my hours in. I can't wait till this is over." And and we're volunteering someplace, and we come along, somebody that that we're sweeping the floor, we're serving some food, or we're doing something, and we come across somebody, and that, and they kind of rub us the wrong way. Well, when that happens, we're just going to sweep this part of the floor over here, instead of the part that uh, is by that person, because. They get irritated, but when we're in ministry, when it's a calling, we know that the call, part of the calling is dealing with people and working together. And so we're, uh, uh, when, when we're following the calling, there is a commitment to resolve relational conflicts for the unity of the body of Christ. And in the body of Christ, you know this better than I do. When the body of Christ does not have unity, it proclaims a horrible and ineffective witness And it is a barrier to us accomplishing the task that Jesus has called us to, to show God's love to all people. But if the, if the people outside the church look inside the church and we're all bickering and fighting with each other, what are they going to do? I don't want to be there. They're going to do the same thing you do. Get out of here. So when we're following God's calling in our life, there is a commitment to develop good working relationships with one another. All of our serving has one ultimate purpose, and that is to fulfill the mission that Jesus has sent us on. His mission for us is to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey all of the instructions, all of the commands that Jesus is giving to us. And then in Acts chapter one, verse eight, we hear Jesus tell his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. You will receive power to do what I'm asking you to do. Then you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. And I hope so far in this series, saved people serve people, of course. We have to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be saved. We recognize our own sinfulness. And our sinfulness is leading us down a path of destruction and eternal separation from God. I don't care how you describe it with hellfire, brimstone, whatever, a lake of fire, or just an eternal separation from God. That's what it is. You will never be at peace without God. It will be eternal. Lack of peace. Hell is what we call it. And that's what it is. It is what it is. But in order to do what God wants us to do, we must have power to do it. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit. So, so far in this series, we keep coming back to that idea of the Holy Spirit strengthening us, empowering us, falling upon us, and we're praying for that to happen every day. And we read that powerful Scripture last last week. Scripture that that, that said, O Lord... You know the threats that they're speaking against you. You know the resistance that this world has against you. So fill us with your Holy Spirit. Stretch your hand over us that we may see miracles and signs and wonders. Not for our sake, but for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ that we may be able to do. And we've been looking in the book of Acts, that people who have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And today, finally, am getting back to the nickname. So let's turn, I think it's in these Bibles, page 908. If you want to follow along on paper, in the Bibles that we've got here in the room. Acts chapter 4, page 908. Or follow along in your own Bible. And remember last week, I quoted part of the Scripture already. And the prayer that said, O O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And verse 31 says, after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they preach the Word of God with boldness. This word preached. uh, We're too churchy sometimes in America. We hear the word preach and we think only the the preacher can preach. So I'm going to translate this into a more common word. Tell others. (laughs) To convince them. To boldly announce good news of the kingdom of God. Somebody does something wrong and they're feeling the guilt. And you say to them, God forgives you through Jesus Christ. That is good news, isn't it? I didn't get an answer to that question. We can't proclaim that without the power of the Holy Spirit. We've got to be asking the Holy Spirit to come upon me today, this afternoon. Tomorrow morning when I wake up. That's why I asked us to pray this prayer. Oh Lord, fill us with your holy presence. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And then let's jump down to verse 32. Right below that, and it's important for us to read this in context, the house was just shaken by the presence of the Holy Spirit and everybody was filled. They began convincing others. They began announcing boldly the good news of Jesus Christ. He is alive. And verse 32 says, All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. Here's what was happening. The truth and the power of what Jesus Christ had done caused everything in this world to lose its value to them. (laughs) They no longer hoarded their food. They no longer neglected those who need. They said, I don't need this much anymore. Who needs it? The power of the Holy Spirit changing our minds? Yes, He does. The Holy Spirit came. And all the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt that what they owned was not their own. so, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you've got to do something. Remember last week? I can't not tell about it. You can't not do nothing. How many, too many negatives. You've got to do something. <laughs> so they shared everything they had. And the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. That's what they were telling. That's the good news. And God's great blessing came upon them all. When we do what God asks us to do, His blessings will fall upon us. Those who were, there were no needy people among them. Do we have any needy people even in this room? Yes, we do. In our neighborhoods? Next door to your house? Over the fence? Behind the hedge? Why were there no needy people? It says here, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. And then he says, let me tell you about one of those people. He says, for instance. <laughs> That's what for instance means, right? Let me tell you about one of those people. There was Joseph. Ooh, Joseph. I don't remember Joseph. Selling. I mean, Joseph selling everything that he had. Joseph, the one the apostles what nicknamed Barnabas, which means the son of encouragement. This, this, this Hebrew word or this Aramaic word Bar Nabas comes from two words: the prefix Bar, which which literally means son of, and then the root word is Nabi. Bar Nabi, the son of encouragement. What was his father like, I imagine? What do you imagine? I bet his father was also a good man. Dads, <laughs> never forget the influence you have over your children. You always have influence with your children. For instance, there was Joseph, the one of the apostles, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas. Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi. And he came from the land of Cyprus, the island. He sold a field he owned. Not all his fields. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. And we're going to end there. As then... Because then <laughs> it goes into chapter 5 and you don't want me to read that one because that's a contrasting story about Ananias and Sapphira who also sold part of their land, but it didn't turn out the same. So our serving, God is calling us to serve by encouraging others. And here's Barnabas. We know more, a little bit more about Barnabas. Because we know that Barnabas continued to, to stay with the disciples. When the Apostle Paul, whose name was Saul, remember, the, 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 we're going to get to his story in a couple of weeks, but I'll give you the quick version now. He's the man that was killing the Christians, trying to stamp out this movement called Christians. And he was riding to Damascus one day on his horse, and, and, and this lightning, this, this bright light came out of the heavens, knocked him off his horse. A, a, a voice said to Saul, 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 why are you persecuting me? And he knew immediately that it was Jesus. This man who was killing Christians believed in Jesus changed his life. He went, he went to Antioch. Where he, where he met a man who and, 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 and Saul received a healing for his eyesight. And a man was told by the Holy Spirit to go find Saul. And that man's name was Joseph, who was nicknamed Barnabas. Barnabas went and found this Christian killer named Saul. And brought him back to the rest of the apostles. Barnabas went and got the murderer and brings him right into the middle of the Christian movement. You can't do that. Unless you're an encourager. Right? Some of us are called to encourage people to come to Christ. Some of us are called to just encourage people to do what's right. And I know that there are a lot of people in this world, they don't believe in Jesus, but but I'm saying those of us who do need to encourage them to just do what Jesus says to do and they will discover that what Jesus says to do is good and right and true and life-giving. And then because they're doing what Jesus says to do, they're discovering, hey, this guy knows what he's talking about. I think I'll believe in him. I think I'll follow him. I think I'll dedicate my life to him. Sometimes we think it just has to come through believing first, but it doesn't always have to come that way. Faith can come through doing first. That's why the church has got to get out there into the streets and proclaim Jesus and do what Jesus tells us to do. Go out there and do what Jesus tells us to do. Remembering my uncle Mo, he was an encourager. He was the last last uncle... Uh, that I had to pass away, and he, Uncle Mo, was a was a was a Methodist all his life. He worked for a company that was a competitor. Well, I think it probably started out as with IBM in the early days, but Universal later it broke off. It was a kind of a sister company organization, kind of like we see happening with with you know you see it, uh, Gore breaking up Dow, breaking up little, other little factories popping up all over the place, doing this and that. My uncle worked for one of those kinds of companies, and he was, what, employee number 13 or something like that, which you know that he's, he's, he's early in the company. like that. He got a beautiful retirement in the 1980s when the companies like that were, were really taking care of, of their, uh, their people who spent 30 years working for them. Uncle Mo was incredibly generous. Every time I saw Uncle Mo, how you doing, Raj? He didn't call me WAP. He could say, Raj. What are you doing, Raj? Graduating from high school? That's great, Raj. What are you going to do now? Oh, you're going to a Christian school. That is super, Raj. Just keep following the Lord, Raj. You need some money? Yeah, I need some money for books. Here's a couple hundred dollars. Thank you, Uncle Mo, for encouraging me. Every Sunday when my family, we lived in one of those little towns that that everybody was related to everybody and we all were farmers or, or had something to do with the farms. And every Sunday morning, Uncle Mo would drive up in front of the church and he'd get out of his car. He'd first walk to the back of his station wagon. He'd open the back tailgate. Remember station wagons, tailgates, all that stuff. He'd pull out a wheelchair. He'd open it up. He'd roll the wheelchair over to to his wife's door. His wife was my aunt, Helen, another aunt, my father's sister. This time, Aunt Helen had multiple sclerosis. I don't ever seeing it. Hel- I don't ever remember seeing Aunt Helen walk. And Uncle Mo would open the door, park the the chair there. Reach his hands underneath her, her legs. Put his arm behind her back. Lift her up and gently place her into the chair. Wheel her into the church. When the, church, when, it was, when the church outgrew the old church and it was time to build a larger sanctuary, Uncle Mo was right there to help the church build a sanctuary. And because he had a great job, he was one of the largest contributors to that new church building. But more than that, Uncle Mo cared about people. And he was an encourager. And when it came time to design the church, he said, how about we make some space in our sanctuary for wheelchairs. Now who in that church was going to say no to Uncle Mo and Aunt Helen? But they didn't just make one space for Aunt Helen. They made a space for Aunt Helen on this side of the sanctuary. They shortened some of the pews in the middle of of that long aisle so that Aunt Helen could sit. She didn't have to sit in the aisle anymore and block the aisle. And then on the opposite side, same place in the sanctuary, they shortened the pews over there, just in case somebody else came, wanted to know Jesus in a wheelchair, they also would have a place to sit. Thank you for Uncle Mo, God. And for the encouragement that he had, when it was time for that church to build a, an educational wing, Uncle Mo was much older, and I had become a pastor by then, and he had helped me with my, with my master's degree and, and other things. And always, Raj, how you doing? And you know when Uncle Mo died a little more than a year ago, every one of his nieces and nephews received a letter that says, you're, re- you're receiving a piece of your uncle's estate. He gave after. And, and, and I, 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 I've never said this. I don't mean to say this to brag, but when my daughter got engaged and Dad has to say, okay, how are we going to pay for this wedding? I got that letter from Uncle Mo. They said, You're going to get a piece of Uncle Moses steak. I said, Thank you, God, for providing for my daughter's wedding. It wasn't the whole thing, but it was a big chunk of it. Thank you, God, for the encouragers. Who are the encouragers in your life? And who is God putting in your path today for you to encourage? Who are you going to see today? Look at the power. Saved to serve. All we got to do is encourage. This is is an easy message to give. It's an easy message to hear. Who can you encourage? Let's think about that as as we continue and as we worship and as we pray together. Who are you going to encourage today? How can you serve God? Maybe you're at a difficult place in your life and you're not quite sure. Maybe somebody needs to encourage you. But you still can encourage somebody else. And a lot of times it's healthy and good and liberating when we're in difficult times to take the focus off ourselves and look at somebody else who needs something or just to give something to somebody else. It can liberate you from the bondage of that oppression that you're feeling. Help somebody else. Let's stand together as we pray. And that's my invitation to us this morning. Who are you going to encourage in their faith, in their life, so that one day all people may experience the life-changing love of Jesus? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your peace, your love that you give to us. Thank you for the encouragers that each one of us have. And now, God, you're calling us to serve you and to serve others by encouraging someone else on their path through this life. We pray, God, that you will give us your Holy Spirit to to strengthen embolden, give us the words, give us the actions that we need to serve you and others faithfully in this world. Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. We invite you to come today. Come to the front if you want to kneel and pray. There are folks at the prayer stations if you want someone to pray with you. God is here. His Holy Spirit is with us. Amen.
1: Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the way? Jesus is calling. Have you come?
0: invite us to come to the cross to come and kneel at your feet to receive mercy and grace so God we pray that as you continue to impress on us to lay on our heart the calling that you have for us we pray God that you would help us to not look at anything that's in our lives that we think is inadequate but to understand that You qualify those who you call. Lord, you don't expect us to know it all, and we thank you for that. Lord, help us to know and help us to see what you've called us to do as far as work in the kingdom. We Thank you for that, God. We're going to continue to worship up here for a few minutes. When you need to go, you can go. The front is still open. There are still folks at the prayer stations. God bless you. Thank you for being here with us.